Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to yet another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast, coming to you live, as always, from various areas and time zones around this wonderful country of ours. I, have always, am your host, Matt Folks, joined by my four wonderful co-hosts, Mr. Chris Warner, also here in San Diego. How are you, my friend? Doing well, mate. Doing well. Happy Monday. Um, yeah, doing very well. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine over some food poisoning and feeling much better. So thank you for asking. Uh, sending it over to New York City and Mr. Jason Becker. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. The, uh, the, the, the clown show came into town here in New York City, but uh, I think it's all over today. So it's good to see your refreshing and very sane faces this <laughs> evening. Understand that. And uh, we'll head down south then to Mr. Jim Harris in Texas. What's up, Jimmy? Welcome back uh, after your extended absence from the show. It's good to see you again, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'm back from my European tour. So um, I took I took Claudio and the boys um, with me. Uh, I wish. But um, yeah, great. A great vacation. And I've missed you guys. So it's nice to be back. We missed you as well, and uh, yeah, just a few things happened <laughs> while you were gone, okay. so uh, hopefully you were able to keep up with the club and have some some idea of what's going on around here, because we have lots to talk about on this episode. Um, we uh, faced Man City on Saturday, guys, and, and depending on who you talked to, it was either, um, I you know, some people have said it was a great result given the circumstances. Some people have said it was just a bullshit result and nothing matters at all. So whichever you want to pick, I guess we can uh, go around and get your guys's opinions started out pretty ugly. Uh, I think had some of those starters not been pulled because of champions league duties this week for man city, I think we could have been looking at a, a six nothing or a seven, nothing. Um, but depending on, or seven one, sorry. Depending on who you talk to, uh, de- definitely some different opinions on that. So, Chris, we'll start with you, man. Um, is this a case of we got uh, lucky that they took their foot off the gas, or was did Lester really win the second half? As I'm seeing all over Twitter. Um, okay, I'll say a little bit of both. Be optimistic here. Um, I thought first ten minutes, it it was shocking. It was just an extension of what we'd seen previously under Rogers, it was just individuals making mistakes that ended up being super costly. I mean, we'll go into more details, but Ndidi for the penalty decision, some of the decision-making that led up to the first goal, um, it was just shoot yourself in the foot, Leicester City all over again. But as the game progressed, I mean, there were moments, I'll give you that, there were moments. I mean, Matt, I have to admit, it was probably one of the better games this season, watching it with you, surely, purely for the commentary of us deciding whether it was the kit man, whether it was a fan, whether it was a fan's son that came on the field. We had no idea who it was by the second half. But what it was, what it was second half in the end was, um, I think, there was a response after halftime. And I think that's what I was hoping to see. And, yeah, it's been and it's done. I mean, we lost, but it wasn't the embarrassment that I kind of woke up Saturday morning fearing. Right. And we'll dive, we'll dive more into it, obviously guys, but there were signs of life even early this week when we started seeing images out of training camp and, you know, just seeing guys smile, you know, images of um, Dean and Yuri and uh, shaky and Vards, everybody just playing grab ass and laughing and just having a great time. So the vibes looked high coming in and you really had to question yourself, 
you know, are these vibes, just the fact that everybody's getting along and look, looking so happy is, is that going to be enough to, to really help these guys remember who they are? Um, Jason, your thoughts, uh, on just the, your, your, your overall thoughts on the match and, and, uh, what, what you felt after. Yeah. Uh, look, if they, even if they did take their foot off the gas, uh, Mad City's second, third, fourth string players are better than pretty much most teams in the league and probably most teams in the world, right? So anything that you can get of anyone wearing one of those sky blue shirts uh, is a positive. Uh, it could have gotten really ugly very quickly, but it didn't. And I think this game was more about Dean Smith just finding out more about his players and seeing them firsthand than anything else. And I'm, uh, it was almost like a full uh, preseason slate of friendlies condensed into one game, really, for him. And a full kind of training camp that he had to condense, condense into one week so he can sort of figure out what gives us the best chance to maximize our points, especially in the next three games. And um, there were players that have been written off and they had a chance to get out there and, and actually play for the new man and, and show what they can do. And um, so uh, when it comes to that, I think that those are positives. And um, while, you know, indeed he had a, had a really rough first half, I think this is all about, uh, I, I think Matt, you're onto something when, you know, the, the vibes and the confidence are, going to play a, a big part in this and we're not going to get anything until we see that the players get their confidence back and their, their mojo back. And, and, and Smith is to his credit really focusing on that as well. Yeah. It's gotta be at least a little bit better on, on the first day with a new boss. After you've been working for a boss that has spent the previous entire year, just bitching about how bad the people underneath him are. And that's why he can't get results. So I think that alone, just, you know, have, getting to play for somebody that appreciates you is going to be uh, quite a, a, a difference for some players. And man, did we see that right away with Swayantu getting in there? So that, that was interesting to see Jim, let's hit with you um, and your thoughts, bud. Yeah. I, I echo the uh, Chris and Jason with, I think it was, it was definitely a, a game of two halves and maybe maybe almost four quarters in a way because I think I think Man City had kind of done and dusted after 25 minutes, 3-0 up. And at one point, I think it could have got... It, there was an expectation that we might concede more goals than we get possession percentage, um, the way it was going with the, with the match that, that way. But like overall, I think, like as you said, Matt, there looked a lot of positivity in in the training coming in leading in you know i think the intensity looked like it was there it looked like actually they were sort of trying to bring bring some enjoyment into the training sessions as well and sort of say hey like it's a game we, we treat it seriously but also you play with you play with enjoyment you play you you kind of it, it encourages you and it sounded like uh dean smith and and and, and shaky had been trying to instill that as well um so it was is interesting to see the lineup and, and as jason you said Kind of a really fresh start for everybody in the squad. You know, everybody who was a registered player um, had a chance, and if they impressed, it was clear that they got in. And I think that was exemplified by Soyuncu getting a start, and then probably being our best centre back for the whole match, and almost making us think like, where the hell has he been? It was this like Brendan's ego was more meant it meant more than results 
on the pitch for Leicester City's position in the league, it seemed. And yeah, I get he's going, you know, to Atletico Madrid, and but he's our player until the end of the season, as like as Yuri is, as uh, a number of the others that we've talked about. Um, I was quite surprised going with a back three because we haven't really played it, but I think it kind of made made sense with like, okay, let's try and like what we've got. Look, let's try and not concede goals. You know, that went out the window six minutes in, um, of course. And of course, it came from a freaking corner. Like we set up to not concede and then we concede from a, you know, John Stones having a swinger. But um, we, we grew into the game and I think it, there's something to be said about the fact that we played the full 90 and we played to the final whistle. And we gave Man City a scare, I think, at the end. You know, it was 3-1. It could have been quite easily a couple of others, you know, Inacho hitting the post in sort of one minute into stoppage time. Pratt had a really good chance. I think Madison had a couple of nice chances as well. I think Madison, there's one point he probably could have squared it to Nacho and he might have had a tap in and he, he didn't. But yeah, I, I feel like as, as the, the episode is called like signs of fight and I feel a bit more positive, especially after watching Leeds this afternoon as well. Um, give up. Yeah, that was good to see. I mean, Liverpool do us favor, and especially after watching what Tottenham fucking shit down their leg and didn't do us any favors there. I mean, Bournemouth, I think, was probably pretty safe regardless, but I, that's still never – God, they're just the worst. Um, but, yeah, you're, to your point, Jim, the ever-obliging Leicester City, John Stones hasn't scored all year. Right on a plate for him, so I, I should have known that thing was cool. It was a pretty play. small plate, to be honest. He did. I, I would say he did pretty well. It's not like we yeah, gave exactly. him a two-yard tap. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, what what do you expect? Like we're watching the game, and six minutes in the game, it's probably one of the best, the best team in Europe, and the centre half scores a worldie. Once again, like, oh. we concede a worldie against Man City. Yeah, it's like After here we go. Company, Kevin <laughs> De Bruyne last season, that goal, you know. At least we've yeah, also a good goal. Those guys tend to like, probably get excited when they see us on the uh, on the old schedule. Then, for that reason, um, let's dive into another player that I thought was exciting. And uh, well, I don't know if exciting is the right word. Maybe more surprising. Um, we see Vardy get a start again, and I'd spoken last week about getting shaky in there and hopefully shaky would be able to because of his experience with prime Vardy um, to see if, if Vards was broke or if this was just a Brendan problem and he'd been surrounded by shit football. And so we see him get the start again. Um, and it's, it's, it's a tough one for me because of who the competition was. Jason, we'll go to you. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, our number nine and, and his, and what he looked like? Cause he, you know, not not only speak just speak on his you know effort, but also you know the controversial moment now that have fans in an uproar with him seeming to be laughing with Holland uh, after they went up three nothing. He seemed to be laughing with his hand over his mouth with Holland. So I don't know what are your, what are your thoughts on Jamie? Yeah, I didn't even notice that with Holland to be honest. But uh, look, uh, I think before I say anything about his performance in their particular game or really any of his performances this season um have to congratulate him on 300 Premier League appearances and and no matter what happens this season in my opinion um for what he's accomplished as a club player for the club uh, Jamie Vardy is the greatest Leicester City player of all time and I just need to be on the record 
as saying that. But look, it's been a tough season. It's been a tough year for for all of our strikers and aggregate, right? Um, but we probably they scored fewer than half as many goals as they did last year up to this point. Um, Vardy's not even getting shots on target. Uh, it was a tough half for him, and there just was no link up play. We were camped out in our own half, and it just the the game plan really wasn't working. So and Vardy, so it's just. Vardy's not going to be able to do much. I was concerned to see him so far offside on that one chance that, that came through. And it just, maybe, maybe it's a sign of just someone who's not fully present perhaps, or, you know, may have other things as mine or other, you know, kind of physical um, limitations that did, didn't exist earlier in his career. So, um, Hoping that there are still a few more goals left in him. I think there would be nothing that would kind of boost morale more than a Jamie Vardy goal during, you know, one of these upcoming games, like en route to, to a great escape. So I'm hoping that we'll see that. And I think we've seen it before when there was that barren spell under Puel and, and at other times in his career, you just, you not, you don't ever count him out. And I don't want to do that yet. But I think it's pretty clear for me who our number one striker is right now. And, and, and hopefully um, we see Ianacho getting, getting more minutes out there. Yeah, he, he just seems like he could be that answer for, for what we need. You know, he puts the one off the post. I'm very excited about what Nacho could mean. But I'm with you. I would love to, if we could figure out some way whether it isn't a two-man system with nacho because we've seen that be lethal before i i don't know what it is but i'm 100 percent with you um i don't think anything could rock the kp more than avard's goal and maybe a little shithousery with a celebration chris your thoughts on jamie and um what what's to come yeah firstly echo jason's point i think 300 games especially starting in the Premier League so late in the career that he ha that he did is incredible. And yeah, I mean, I think he really is the best Leicester player I've ever seen. And so I'm very, it's, it's, um, it's been great to watch him. I think in terms of his performance on Saturday, I'm disappointed again, but I'm not surprised because as you guys pointed out quite correctly, he just didn't get that service that Jamie Vardy needs to be effective. Jamie Vardy is not a guy that can get a ball be big, hold it up, look for a layoff. He's always wanting to run behind. And he's just got to that age now where, like you guys have said, maybe that spark and maybe that second pace is just gone. And um, I echo what you guys said about Nacho as well. Second half, he's the sort of guy that we're going to need to be up there. And I think, as Jason pointed out really nicely earlier, like it was a training camp, so to speak. It was an opportunity to look at every player. And I hope Smith looked at that second half and realized that I think Nacho is our Nacho is our best guy to go through the middle with moving forward. And I think, I mean, look, Vardy's always going to be a poacher. He's always going to be someone six yards out. If the ball comes with feet, I'll, let, I'll take him over everyone in the team to bash it in the back of the net. But we have to be realistic, I think, for the next seven games. Are we going to be in those positions where we were crying, where we're going to be doing that? Probably not. A team is just not there in terms of the way that we've been playing and the and the way that we get opportunities. So I think personally, I'd go with Nacho. Um, and 
at the end of the season, I think we just have to have a the club has to have a conversation with Vardy about whether or not they're going to continue, whether he's going to go move into more of a player coach role or whether he's going to come over and uh, hopefully become neighbors with Jason in New York. Come play for that new San Diego franchise, you mean. Um, Jim, let you touch base on that then. Uh, when What uh, your thoughts were on Jamie. We'll let you finish it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, congratulations. 300 appearances in the Premier League. I think it's 134 goals that he scored as well. Just doing the quick maths of made it easy because he scored 20 for us in the championship. And then I can just do the maths of 154 minus 20. Um, so, but a great, you know, a great uh, club career. Um, as, as Chris, what I think like, yeah, we'll take stock of what, what, what we do with him next season based on where we are. I think, I think if he's, in the championship, yeah, let's give him a run. He, he can probably deliver at that level and have some rotation. Um, I, I don't think he would leave if we were there. I think he'd probably want to stay and help us get back up, if anything. Um, hopefully, he, would, he has some sort of contra- contract clause that he doesn't get paid as much as he does because um, bankrupt us in a season on his own. Um, look, I think... I was surprised he started. I think I was a bit, that was my biggest worry about Shaky coming back, that it was going to be a bit of jobs for the the old boys um, a little bit because he felt comfortable. There must have been something they saw in training. Just kind of say, you know, like I think whenever you see the training clips, like Vardy's banging them in left, right and center and he's just sort of yeah. seems to be there and buoyant. But Jason, as you said, that offside chance, not only was he like two or three yards offside and it wasn't like he went early and he was waiting for the ball. He was just offside. And then I think Madison just ended up passing the ball through to him. And he was like, I know you're offside. We all know. But the old Vardy would have put in the back of the net as well. Still he, even, even yeah, yeah, being offside. Yeah, yeah he took it around Edison and he would have still finished it and gone, okay, cool. I'm up, you know, practice my finishing. And he sort of like got around Edison, mm-hmm. did the hard bit. And then he, you know, I don't think he took it that wide that he needed to hit the side netting. So I think there's just that sort of like instinctiveness that's maybe not 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 there as well. Uh, and maybe, as you said, Jason, is it like he's not quite 100% focused, which then is kind of, it's like even in one or 2% in the Premier League is a huge margin. Because um, I don't think pace is an issue. He's kind of could change his game to be more of a poacher. And I think we've seen him score a lot of mm-hmm. poachers goals or a lot of sort of individual goals as well. It's not everything is just a through ball. You know, the old, like, I think Haaland's goals are like the Vardy old goals in a way. You know, that goal that Haaland scored to make it 3 nothing was like a classic. We've seen Jamie Vardy score those goals all day, every day. Um, but let's, let's see what happens. Nacho's definitely the starter for me. I don't know if it's, if we stick with a back three or we go back to a 4-2-3-1 for the, the next game and, we try and get, you know, if Barnes, I don't know how long Barnes is going to be out for. That's probably, to me, the biggest ask. And I think it's kind of also quite telling that they didn't even fancy Tete for any minutes to come yeah. on as well. So, so yeah, well, like Nacho to start going forward, let's get Madison closer, which he did in the second half as well. And Nacho, I think Nacho, we've always said Nacho coming back and, and dropping deep and Letting people run past him, like Dennis Pratt got in through. We, you know, he just creates that link up play that even if he's not going to score a goal, he'll be in the game. And I don't think Vardy did that in the first half, despite him being very isolated. I think the final thing on Vardy was why the hell was he defending our box for corners? 
He's five foot eleven. He's um, yeah, decent header. But we had no one even stretching the play, and him not pushing out for the first goal. You know, if I'm I'm picking, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm being kind of quite critical. But he just sort of jogged out, played a couple, played Stones, played Harland on like Harland was offside, but he played Stones onside. And if that if he'd have pushed out with everybody else, you know, they don't score the first goal. One thing I'll offer, and I just thought of this about, you know, maybe Barty and Holland laughing. Again, I still haven't seen it. But I don't know if you guys remember, but when Holland had started with Man City, he did an interview and said that he would study clips of Jamie Vardy. So maybe Vars was telling him, I think I know where you got that one, pal. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, Vardy could get a piece so of uh, his we, goal bonus. And we, we you know, you, if you play any sport and – you can't not just sort of have some chat with, you know, even the opposition. And you know, that was a bit of Gallo. I can imagine Gallo's humor. You're, you know, I was listening to Nugent after the game. He's like, what do you do in that situation? You just, you get pissed off and you can probably just have some banter with them and, and have a chat at that point. You're getting creamed. So I don't, I don't put it on Vardy to not that he's, that that's the sign of him mailing it in. Yeah, me either. Me either. I didn't really buy that. But. I know you were just passing on what Twitter was saying, Matt. Yeah, I talked to the Twitter detectives that uh, what do you think, apparently Matt, what were do you think about Vardy then? Yours, again, think, yours ask us, but you don't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm with Jason. I, I really, I, okay, here's my thing. So we've, we've, we've seen players at the end of their career go down physically. Like that makes sense, right? You get older, stuff starts working. Your knees aren't good. The, the more concerning thing to me is like what you said, Jim, the fact that he's not in the positions that he normally should be in, that he doesn't look as mentally in it. And those things are way more red flags to me than the physical stuff that he's not beating guys out on sprints and things like that. And, you know, earlier in the year, I had resigned myself to, well, Brennan's got a shit locker room going. Nobody wants to play for him. Fucking Casper had to leave the club for God's sakes to get away from Brendan. That's how bad and soiled that relationship had gotten. So I was thinking that maybe Vards is, you know, doing it for the badge only. And Brendan's just got into his head so much that he's just, that's the whole thing for him is it's a Brendan problem. Mm -hmm. But then to see some of the same mistakes repeated, um, you know, on, on Saturday definitely make me, um, ask a few more questions. And, and I've, I, I think, you know, I've said it before. I think that, I think he has to be a 70th minute kind of guy from now on. That's what only makes sense to me, I guess, because, you know, it, short of us playing two up top, because I do think that Nacho Vardy combo until proven otherwise is our best option. I know we talked about our hopes, you know, of that African connection between Nacho and Daka, but that really hasn't, I mean, we, that hasn't come to, you know, fruition at all. So I think that, if we're going to do two up top, it's got to be those two. But if not, it's got to be the Nacho show going forward. And, yeah, we we, we just hope and pray that Vards can figure it out and maybe have some some big game, big uh, end of matches for us um, going in. That's that's kind of where I am on him, Jim. Um, okay. I, I guess the other thing is mental health is a big, big thing, right, as we all know. And we don't know how much it's really affected him with, you know, it's kind of a, you know, on the surface, the Rebecca Vardy, dot, 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 it's Rebecca Vardy, but we don't know how much that's really had a, an effect on their family and personal life. And like her reputation has been kind of very harmed. We don't know how good she was friends with, you know, Colleen Rooney and like, what did that do to their, 
you know, and I think maybe he feels like he's being kind of half watched and the whole thing was he gave zero, zero bucks, right. About anything. And if he's kind of thinking, is he overthinking? Is he kind of there? You know, maybe that's why training is, it's his safe space. Yeah. I mean, he, there was a fire, um, on the property too. So yeah, I mean, it's the, Ro- really- the Rochester, New York thing. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, what's going on there? I mean, it looks like, I don't know, but, uh, probably the less I, less I speculate about what's going on there, the better. But yeah, I mean, I would imagine also that that that's, all of that combined is, is not easy to take. No. And, and as you guys said, it, it only takes a, 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 um, a fractional drop off to um, – to make a huge difference in, in how you play at this level. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good point and, and maybe something that, that maybe more fans should consider when they talked about the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. We're all in agreement there. Build the, the statue will be built for that man. Um, let's talk about some other stuff, guys. Um, I've got down here how weird it was to see John Terry in LCFC gear. That's still weird to me when I see him come around the corner and he's wearing Lester gear. Um, I also let's let's look ahead, Chris, to uh, this week coming up with Wolves. Uh, we've done we've done a half hour looking back on a match against Man City that people had written off anyway, and you know they've said well. Dean's got eight matches when in reality it's probably seven matches if we're being real. And I mean, we've got Liverpool in one of those as well. And we saw they just did the leads. So let's look ahead. Uh, so these next three that look very enticing from where we are, Chris, uh, we'll start with Wolves on Saturday. Uh, let's dive into it. Yeah. Um, I think Wolves are a club that we're trying to emulate. I think over these next few, last few games, they've gone on a run recently they drew against forest but then obviously they went ahead and they i think they beat chelsea um and then they've also they uh, beat brentford as well i think last weekend so they're they're a side that has got some momentum they've got mid table now they're probably um thinking that uh they're safer than they were previously so we've got an opportunity there but i think wolves at home has always been a tough fixture for us They've always come and they've always been aggressive and physical at the KP. I think back to the past few seasons, we've we've snuck a win. There's been a draw in there. I think we've we've it's just been really, really been a tough fixture for us. So yeah, it's the start mat of these three games. I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago about where we're looking to try and get points. So um, I'm going to go in optimistic. I'm going to go. I think I saw enough on Sunday that. There's a we've we've got a puncher's chance to grab something from this game. Um, whether it be a point or three, no idea. But I do think we'll take something away from it. I think the the fact it'll be what Smith's first game at the KP in charge. I expect it to be loud. I expect the fans to get behind him, get behind the team. Um, you've seen that in the past couple of weeks, as we've said before, like first half in um, first half against Bournemouth. The, the fans were all all behind the lads and we just didn't put that performance on the pitch. So hopefully this time we get that synergy between what the fans do in the stadium and what we do on the field. And I think we've got a good chance, mate. But yeah, I mean, every game going in now is a cup final for us. So just take it one at a time. And I know this seems to be a podcast of cliches, but it'll it'll all figure itself out in the end does seem to be that way uh jason your thoughts on the wolves I, their match saturday looked uh they, they're they're getting it done 
Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this game for for a bunch of reasons. And I think for me, this is where the season really starts, right? So that game against Man City, that was our preseason friendly. And now the the Dean Smith uh, era officially begins and he gets his home debut. I think the the crowd will be really up for that. my twin brother, Jordan, one of the co-founders of New York Foxes, will also be in the house uh, for that game. So really looking forward to him you know, getting to see that. Um, and now Smith has seen his players. He's had some time to kind of boost morale, boost confidence, kind of have an idea of maybe who our best 11 is. I think we um, we saw great things from, from Ian Nacho, saw great things from Soyuncu. James Madison, I think, is really going to thrive under under Smith if we can keep making chances happen. Um, Ian Nacho was was also great. So, um, and then you know if we just fix what's happening in the middle of the park, uh, where Mendy, who has been playing great, and I, I got to give Samari credit too. I think he's played pretty well lately as well. So um, there are some areas to, to to tweak, and I think we can get out of the gate strong. Yuri is back. He'll have you know another week of of health. And um, and then just think back to what happened when we went to Wolverhampton earlier this year. Absolutely smoked them. 4-0. Yuri score, scored a worldie. So um, I don't know. There are a lot of positives here. Diego Costa got his goal last week. So that uh, ever-obliging Leicester City bit, you know, um, that's off the cards now because he already got his goal before we played. So for me, things are looking up. I think there are a lot of reasons to be, um, I don't know, to, to, to get yourself excited for this one. And these next three games are, are critical. This for me is the season coming up. I'm with you there. That's this. It, it all begins now. And I think your, your point about the midfield all starting to play a little bit better. And yeah, that goes, comes with one caveat in uh, the former number 25. Cause that match against Indy was woof, but one of the I, worst. You know, they're, you know, more than capable options, I think, on the bench that we have that we can look at with Mendy. And and I think, you know, Samari plays like, for me, Samari was the best player that we had on the pitch against Bournemouth. If you get that Samari and put him out against the Wolves, put him out against the Leeds, put him out against an Everton, he should be just fine against those sides. I, I agree. Uh, Jim, your thoughts going into this match against the Wolves? Uh, very excited as well. I think with, this is a massive sort of week, 10 days coming up. And I think what we've seen is in this league, it's gone from like nine people in the relegation to sort of five now. But if we can get three wins in a row, it makes us look a lot stronger. Like, you know, I think we just need to finish above three teams. That's that's everybody's goal right i'm not you know we were looking at palace we were looking at wolves even a a few weeks ago we were looking at bournemouth you know look what happened with bournemouth like they've kind of gone on they beat us and then they've won again and they're sort of now they're probably quite close to you know one more one more result and they're probably going to be safe um you know west ham are kind of creeping forward they don't you know kind of think oh we're pretty close to them and it's like actually they're not and um but i think if we can beat Leeds and Everton who are around us and we and then if if we can do that and we'd get a really good result against Wolves we will catch up with a lot of people we'll overtake them I think we'll then need to just kind of scrape 
you know, maybe another win or a couple of draws from from the, the final few games. You know, we've got a couple of tough fixtures coming up, haven't we? Liverpool, Newcastle again. Um, and then obviously West Ham on the final day is going to be massive. We hope it's not. We hope it's just a, a boring play it out and no one gives a crap because we're already safe at that point, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think Samaria would be an interesting one. I think Pratt showed sort of signs of sort of getting back to a bit more positivity as well. The biggest worry for me is just sort of the soft middle that we have. You know, we can't trust Wilf. And I wonder if there's just a, like you said, Jason, do you bring Mendy back or do they kind of get Wilf like focused again? Because he knows he's got it. I think he's another one of it. Like we spoke about Vardy. It's his head's just not in the right spot and he's just making sloppy mistakes the penalty the 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 goal to make you know he kind of pulled he did a Paul skulls in 2002 against brazil pulling out of a tackle um when when kd yeah not a great pass from kdh but he pulled it out he pulled out and he, he just could have fouled him or got, got the ball that's it but it's not the first but, time he's done something like that this season yeah, too exactly. there's a really so, soft place there yeah and but you know, I want to be positive. I want to. I think that Dean Smith and team, as we said, good in game management, good sort of positivity. I think we can get a bit more directness about us. We get the team close together, and we can just string some passes together. I think we can give Wolves a game, and I feel like the way Everton and Leeds are going, we can. We should be able to. If we play like we did in the second half, I feel pretty confident. Yeah, we spoke about, you know, this basically being a training camp last week for guys that are now getting a chance to get out in front of Dean and show what, show off what they've got. And you can only imagine what training camp looked like before with Brendan and a bunch of guys, Soyanchu, perfect example, that were just off on a side field or something training. Or even when they were in training, he's thinking, fuck this, I'm not getting hurt before I go to Atletico Madrid in training because I'm not going to get on the field for you. But now, you know, I can only imagine that everybody is just putting on an audition tape for the new managers and saying, this is what I've got. This this is what I can do. Use me for seven matches. And on top of that, we saw it on Saturday. Dean, and I don't know if it's just we're so used to Brennan, but the fact that he made those changes so quickly and didn't wait till the fucking 70th minute, he said, okay, these players aren't working. It wasn't, you know, some shot at his skills as a manager if he has to make an early substitution you know it wasn't it, he just saw it wasn't it wasn't working let's get the change made it was not waiting till the end of the fucking match so i i'm i'm very excited guys i think that the the skill level alone on this team should blow out these lower level teams i mean remember given everything even before the summer transfer bullshit that didn't happen this was a team built to compete in europe with european caliber players or who were recruited to be european level caliber mm -hmm. players and i think if we can just bust through the level of brendan bullshit that is in some of these guys heads and remind them of who they are who they can be and who they you know what they can offer this team i think it's only going to be positive and sure we have some tough ones in there but these next three holy shit you guys what an opportunity this isn't you know wolves then man city then you know um west ham or something like that this is three matches in a row that are insanely massive for us and it, it i it does suck that they're a little bit back to back that leads match being on tuesday kind of a 
kind of not great as I would like to see that a little bit more stretched out, but who knows if we get a win, we'll want that momentum to keep running and we'll want to smoke leads anyway. So I think that could happen just as easy. Um, Hmm. let's uh anything else that you guys want to touch on um jim i see you're uh i want to yeah i think the our bad run coincided with yuri being injured and whilst he was very rusty he's another one who's potentially going i think something that really impressed me was soyunchu obviously we talked about but both soyunchu and yuri put it in they're not they're not mailing it in that, you know, I think they they want to kind of if they're going to leave, they want to leave on. We didn't leave Leicester in the lurch by just like phoning out, phoning out our final few games to protect whatever you know my next club's going to be. Like we sh- we saw that. So don't you can't play like that. But I think Yuri did. He you know he was moaning a bit at the start of the game, but as he got into it and him being able to link the play, actually have another progressive passer in the team who maybe is a bit more kind of tactically astute. You know, we saw KDH kind of start going back and forth again and being a bit more of a shuttler. And I think then that allows Madison to get further forward as well. So I think the balance of the midfield, it's just that that one defensive pin. And I think if it can't be quite Samari on his own. It, it's got to be Mendy probably on form. Yeah. yeah I, I, also, I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. I was just going to echo Jim's point and just say, yeah, I think we go Mendy. I think he starts on Saturday. I just, I, I think I keep going back to what Jim mentioned and I completely agree with him that I think going forward, it's okay, but we do look so soft. We, we, are, it, it feels like when, when the, when it's push comes to shove, we lay on our back like a dog and just ask us to scratch our belly at times. We, we need somebody in there and I don't know who it is and I don't know what we can do, but, we just need someone over these next seven games to have a bit of a bite in there. And you mentioned Ndidi pulling out of attack. Like, we can't afford to have that. We've got to be aggressive in every action we take over these next seven games. So I think Mendy showed us a little bit earlier this season when we had players out. He was pretty good. And I think he'll, to your guys' point, I think he's one of those guys as well that will not, I don't believe, will be the sort of guy that will pull in a shift and kind of not think about what he's doing next so um i just wanted to echo jim's points and say um yeah i think i think we need to be more aggressive in that center defense cdm role and hopefully mendy can do that for a saturday yeah uh, whoever it is uh, um uh, samari did start that last game against wolves when, when we did smoke that but i i'm i know yuri gets a lot of stick but it's clear that we are better when yuri's there and even if he's not having the best game, he can still make something out of you know individual brilliance. And you need a bit of that right now. Like that's what happens. Like that's how you get momentum. That's how you start to get luck on your side. You need a guy that's got the ability to take a shot from 25 yards and scare a keeper. And you know, it makes me think of um Esteban Cambiaso during the last great escape. And the guy being willing and brave enough to hit that half volley um, and score early against West Ham and kind of turn the season around. So um, I, I I don't think we can understate, you know, how important it is to have Yuri back. And then, um, you know, Matt, you were talking about sort of the, the change in, 
in in-game management and i was it was really refreshing to see a manager make uh to just hit the nail on the head with all of his subs um and, and it says a lot i think about dean smith that he's spent you know he's really paid attention to to the side um and I, he was right he talked about something you're not sure right away he said uh, he's going to be able to link the play up a lot better and that's exactly what happened and um one thing also i think it's just I, I just have noticed and I've really appreciated is when we talk about kind of the the, the crap that had happened, um, you know, up until this past week, this season, Dean Smith could easily have walked in and said, oh, under, under the old manager or they used to do this, uh, you know, but he could be, he could be, he could be referring to the club as a they when he talks about what happened earlier in the season. He's not doing that. He's saying we. He's mm -hmm. counting himself as yeah. part of this squad. He's saying, oh, you know, well, we weren't getting the ball up the pitch early enough, you know, fast enough earlier in the season. And he very quickly is not, you know, blaming anyone. He is there to kind of lift everyone up and to, to show that, you know, he's, he's in this just like they am. They are. And whatever got them into that position doesn't matter anymore because they're all in this position together and they all need to fight together. And I think it's one thing that Dean Smith is, um, deserves a lot of credit for. And that mentality um, is absolutely necessary to, to get out of the basement here. And um, so kudos to you, Dean Smith, and, and, and may that attitude sort of show itself on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said he he has been paying attention in uh, training. And I think uh, John Terry was as well. And I think that's probably why we saw the saw Soyanchu on Saturday, because I think there's two very, very uh, similarly like minded men right there as far as the way they approach the game. So, um, yeah, that's that's great stuff. And, and, and to your point, Jen, that you made about, you know, uh, Kags and, and Yuri, you know, putting in the the work to help us stay up and not putting in a shift. I mean, you just got to look around the stadium and, and listen to the songs that our fans still sing about Esteban Cambiasso, uh, about Leonardo Yejoa. And th that's because of what they did to keep this club alive in one of the most important and crucial years. So if you do put in that work, you can be a club legend in, in, in every way, shape, and form. And I, and I can only hope and pray that we've got a lineup of players that are going to embrace that. Um, that challenge and and hopefully make that um make that a uh reality um <laughs> sorry um uh, yeah guys on that note um saturday is huge so wherever you are around the usa or um in the uk if you're not going if you're not going to the kp then please uh get with your local fan group i know the new york foxes are going to be together the san diego foxes are going to be together philly foxes are going to be together Texas Foxes, I'm sure you guys are going to have some stuff going on. So wherever you guys are in the country, the, the way we're going to do this is together. That is the key. So grab your friends, bring your cousins, bring your uncles to just and and be there to sing for the boys and and keep the attitudes high because yeah, the, we're gonna, we're not going to do ourselves any favors uh, getting down on on this group because the only way forward now is literally forward. And um, yeah. What's Jason? Yeah, look at Everton last year. 
the way they stayed up and yeah. that Goodison Park crowd had a lot to do with it. And now it's, you know, it's our turn to to do it for, for our players. Right. Dean Smith and Villa uh, a couple of years ago and when, mm-hmm. when he kept them up on the last day. So um, wherever you are in the country, guys, get together and, and be loud, be proud. And uh, let's let's do this together. And, and hopefully we'll be laughing about this uh, next year when we're in the Premier League still. Um, on that note, thank you all for joining us on another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. It means the world that you guys spend this uh, 45 minutes or so with us every week talking about this club that we love so much. And if you could uh, hit that share button or leave us a review, we would appreciate it. Help get the word out. Uh, But for Chris, Jason, and Jim, I am Matt. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Hopefully celebrating three points against the world. See you then.